Welcome to More Than Motherhood, the podcast. We are your hosts, Chloe Ferrari, Kaylin Painter, and Chloe Gretsch. This is a podcast where we discuss all things motherhood and our lives outside it. We are here to remind you that you are so many beautiful things. You are more than just a mum. Before we get into today's episode, we just want to let you know that Chloe Ferrari is not going to be present in today's episode. She's had quite a bit going on and so we are sending all of our love to her and we will hope to see her in the next episode. (laughs) Okay, so in the car, actually you might, this has to do with swearing around children. So... (laughs) In the car today, we were driving to a maternity shoot and I took both the girls with me and we were going to Newcastle, which is like two hours from where I live. Anyways, we were on the highway and some fucker pulled out in front of me. Like literally there was like no need to do it. He literally just pulled straight in front of me and I yelled at him. I beeped the horn and I went, you fucking prick. And behind me, I hear Amara go, you fucking prick and I was like what did you just say and she said I said you fucking prick and I was like oh my god oh my god I was like let's go get Maccas <laughs> she just copied what I said and now she says it and don't tell Luke they're little parrots though aren't they she's never ever ever copied me until this one time and now she just keeps saying it and I just I feel I don't know what to do because obviously I can't address it because she doesn't understand. Maybe she could hear the passion in your voice and she because when I whenever I like yell about like road rage in my car like you know I don't like say anything to the person but someone might you know do something unnecessary on the road and I'll be like come on you fuckwit and Margie like she doesn't <laughs> copy me word for word but she's like oh no 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 like you know she's backing me up. <laughs> So just look at it that way. She had you back. But, like, I never actually swear at people in the car. This was the only time because it even set off my um, those automatic brakes that I have in my car. Oh, So wow. my car has that, um, that system that, like, actually brakes for me if I get way too close to a car or, like, if somebody cuts me off. And it started setting it off. So the alarm was going off for it. So, like, that's how close he was to my car. Oh, and wow. he didn't even care. He like just drove off and he's like, yeah. There is I nothing like, I don't more understand. <laughs> that I hate than an oblivious driver. Like mm-hmm. it's my worst fear. Because they're the ones I that get cause accidents. Yeah. Yes. But there was like no other cars on the road. He had no need to even come into the lane. And I was in the left hand lane. So on the highway. He's in the right-hand lane and then he just cut straight in front. And I'm pretty sure it's because he needed to get to the exit. But just slow down and go behind me. Behind, yeah. <laughs> Someone always needs to be in front. There's always like my mum is really bad for that. Mum, if you're listening, you know you are. Because when she's <laughs> driving, like there's no need to be overtaking all of these people. Mm-hmm. She just mm-hmm. wants to be in front and she admits that. Not good behaviour. It's just but then on the way home, on the way home, now this had to do with Amara. Um, it was like, I think it was like 7 o'clock on the way home or around that time. Anyways, we're on the highway driving home. She undoes her seatbelt, which I did not know she could do. Like she unbuckled her actual car seat, mm. hopped out while we're on the highway doing 110 and starts walking around the car. So I obviously pulled into like the lane to like get out of the car and I got so angry at her because I'm not about it. I don't even know how she got it undone because I make sure that that thing is strapped up. Guys, my jaw is dropped right now. 
I I had the biggest heart attack and I have the worst phobia of trying to get back onto the highway when there's like trucks and shit in that left-hand lane Mm -hmm. and I put her back in her seat and then I started crying because I had to like put myself back onto the highway and there was just cars everywhere and I had my blinker on and nobody would move over and there was just like no break because it was like everybody's driving for some stupid reason. And I finally got back onto the highway and Amara yells out, fuck that prick. Oh, my God. Do you know, I do have to say that I swear quite a lot around Margot and she really only uses the swears when she's, like, dropped something. Like, oh, shit is my number one swear around her. Like, I'll drop Mm -hmm. something myself or, you know, like I'm pulling out somewhere or some like anything that goes bad, my instant reaction is, oh, shit. So when she drops something now, she trips over or something, the first (laughs) thing she says is, oh, shit. (laughs) At least she uses it in context. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um. So, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how we go tomorrow. <laughs> well, that was a nice see story to, to bring us in. But on the car seat topic, oh, my God, Margot has just learned how to pull her arms out from her straps. So she's oh, still buckled in at strap. the waist. Oh, it drove me crazy. And, again, I don't know how she learned how to do that. And it's only been since I've started forward-facing her. And, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah um, it was a couple of days ago, actually, and – I turned around. We were parked. We were in the car park waiting for my mom. But, yeah, she had her, her arms out and it was a fucking struggle to get them back in because she didn't want yeah, to. Yeah, definitely go get a Houdini strap. They're really good. I have yeah. them for Amara's seat because she started getting out of her seat as well. But now apparently she can undo the buckle. <laughs> so I need to come up with something that needs to stop that. So, oh, man, I don't know how she did it. Well, this is episode three of our podcast and we are very happy to be here. And we're going to be discussing a topic that I think everyone can get involved in, whether you're a mother or not. And I know that I have a lot to say on this. Chloe has a crazy story about it, which is birth control. (sighs) Yes. (sighs) (laughs) Millions of people's backs just shivered. minded oh i hate it and this is your reminder to take your birth control if you're on a pill that that's right chloe's pill reminder is here literally take it take it well how about we start off with the little incident you had the other night kaylin with um things breaking and needing to go to the chemist the next day sorry i just got a flashback Well, for those that do not follow me on TikTok specifically, because I talk about it more on TikTok, um, but just in general, my partner, Michael, has been trying to get a vasectomy since Mallory was born, which was back in April. So I think he waited until he went back to work because he got four weeks of parental leave. So he took that and then he went and had an appointment with the doctor on base about getting a vasectomy, which... We were under the impression that it was just going to be fine. Yep, here you go, snip, done. We weren't aware that, like, they could actually say no to him. Obviously, just because it's so unheard of with, like, men versus women, you know, for for a um, procedure like that. It's normally the woman who gets rejected. Um, anyways, so we've had no luck. So I'm not on any birth control and I don't plan on being, as we'll discuss later. But we have been using, like, the necessary protection until... The other night when that protection broke at the base, so we didn't know until the very end, it had like a rip up the side, but it was still on. So everything like leaked out, but it was still on. Anyways, 
Michael fell to the floor. I tell you right now, as soon as we realized, we were both <laughs> like instant mood killer. We were both just like, oh, shit. Yeah, Michael was not in a good place. Neither was I. He was like, no, <laughs> no. I literally called him brother because I've got this thing going on at the moment where I call everyone brother. I don't know. My cousin started saying it. Now I can't stop saying it. I literally looked at him. I was like, brother, no. <laughs> I, I literally thought you were going to say you've got this thing going on during sex where you call him brother. No. And I was like, no, please, no. <laughs> Could, you Could you imagine? No, I would never even know. Anyway, not that that's happening, but I would never, ever say that it was happening. <laughs> but anyways, long story short, we decided that I would go and get the morning after pill just to be safe. And being the 24-year-old grown-ass woman that I am, I sent my mother to go and get it for me because I was way <laughs> too embarrassed. <laughs> which is also sad though. Anyways, I got the pill and I included it in my medication TikTok, which I try and do every night. And um, a lot of people commented and just scared the absolute shit out of me, essentially saying that the morning after pill failed them and they are pregnant or that's how their three-month-old came about because they took the morning after pill and it did not do its job. So I'm quite literally shaking in my boots. Like, I'm so scared. Uh, we will be waiting to take a test to just double check that everything went down smoothly. It is also sad that I was like a bit nervous to go and get it anyway. And the comments in that TikTok were also saying like, you know, when I went in, I got dirty looks. I got, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, that's why I didn't want to mm -hmm. go in. But yeah, so we shall see. We'll keep you updated. We'll keep you updated on my TikTok. <laughs> Did it bring on like a period or anything? No. So I've literally had nothing. So Michael's sister, she's a doctor. Shout out. She's so cool. I literally go to her with mm -hmm. every single little paranoid thought that I have. Anyway, I let her know what had happened because someone commented that my sertraline, which is my, I think they're an antidepressant, you can treat it for anxiety. And <laughs> someone said that that would counteract the morning after pill. So I double checked with her and she was like, no, that's bullshit. And um, she told me that it would probably bring on like a period and I'd have some mm -hmm. abdominal pain, but I've literally felt nothing, like nothing has happened, which makes mm -hmm. me even scared. Well, I've had to... I've had to take one once before and it literally brought on a period like two, three days later and abdominal cramps. Isn't the whole point to like shed that, the like lining. the lining or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I would assume is meant to happen. Well, I took it on Monday night and it's now mm -hmm. Thursday night and nothing's happened. So. Okay. Just keep an eye on it. I. <laughs> mm -hmm. Lord Jesus. Guys, I'm not having a third child. Like, that if, 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 if plan B doesn't work, there's a plan C. So I'm not doing that, but. Anyways, it, we thought that we would discuss the, I, I'm going to call it a controversy around birth control because I don't mm -hmm. like it and I refuse to take it ever again. Like I, it messed me up so bad. Mm -hmm. And Chloe actually has a frightening story for myself. I hate hearing this because I've heard it so many times <laughs> with this certain form. It's one of those things. So at six week postpartum, my obstetrician decided to put down my throat that I needed to get the Mirena put in oh because God. it was the best bloody thing for me. And I agreed because I was like, well, I've never had it before. I've never really been on birth control before apart from the pill, but that made me really fat. So I didn't want to go on that again. So I got the Mirena put in at, I think it was like maybe seven weeks postpartum. So got it put in, paid all the money for it. That was that. As it went along, I started bleeding and I was bleeding like constantly. Like I, I mean changing my pad like every 45 to an hour. It was really, really bad. I was bleeding so much. So I went back to the doctor and they told me I needed to start taking 
trinomatic acid or something like that, which is to stop you from bleeding and just slow it down. But you can't breastfeed with it. So I stopped breastfeeding to take this medication so that I was like, well, better than getting pregnant. So did yeah. that and the bleeding disappeared. But then I started getting my periods at least twice a month. And then in the end, I ended up getting them four times a month, which was really bad. And I had them for like literally maybe every day except for like two days a month. Like it was oh just God. really, really bad. And so I was like, well, I need to go back to the doctor. But I got really sick with vertigo. And so I was like, I'll go back to the doctor for that. And then I was like, oh, while I'm here, I might as well bring up that I'm still bleeding. So she sent me for an ultrasound. Now, this is a different doctor to the one who put it in. So I went for an ultrasound and I got to the place and they started doing the ultrasound. And she said to me, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, where does it go? It can't go anywhere. Like, I don't understand. And then she's like, have you checked it? And I, first of all, I didn't know that you could check for a Mirena yourself. So for anyone that has one, squat and put your fingers up there and try and feel the strip. <laughs> but don't freak out if you can't because I couldn't find it. <laughs> one of my friends actually told me that, um, yeah, that sh- yeah, you can do- – and I was like, what? <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah, so – and then she was like, well, we got to do an internal. And I was like, okay, let's do the internal. She found it. It was like migrating to my goddamn fallopian tubes where it shouldn't be going. And she said to me that it was put in wrong the entire time. So I had this stupid fucking thing in up until about, when did I get it out? Maybe a month ago. I think it was like a month and a bit ago. It wasn't working the entire time. So I could have got pregnant that entire fucking time. And I swear to God, if I did, there would have been some serious repercussions for this doctor. I because swear to God. just and to I clarify would- that, that uh, the original doctor, she did an mm-hmm. ultrasound as well and told you it was in yes. the correct place. Yeah, and I have no idea what I'm looking for when she's showing me saying, here, it's here. All mm-hmm. I see is some stick with like those weird fallopian yes. tube looking <laughs> things. But like, seriously, if I got pregnant, I would have been at that doctor's surgery like yelling at everybody. Yeah. I was so angry. And so I got that out and I stopped bleeding super fast. And also I stopped breastfeeding because of this shit. So that pissed me off as well. And now I'm on the fucking pill. (laughs) I'm on the Yaz, whichever one that is. Which is the blood clot one. (laughs) Yeah. So really it's not a win-win situation. (laughs) The things we do, the things we do. I think it's really interesting that you mention the vertigo because that's an experience that I had on the pill. I think I was on Mm -hmm. Eleanor. They ended up prescribing me a medication for vertigo because I was like Mm -hmm. falling over myself everything felt so dizzy and unbalanced I actually slipped over in the shower because it just like yeah I don't know how to describe it but you know what I'm talking about and I was my doctor was so sick of my shit like he was just a classic male doctor that really didn't give two shits and he was like (sighs) yeah have this vertigo medication didn't look into it any further as soon as I stopped taking that pill um it went away like I felt fine but yeah I think that's really interesting I wonder if anyone else has experienced that on any form of contraception because I know that the so I've been on two different types of the pill and then I I've had the Implanon twice, which I'll never do Mm -hmm. ever again. But I didn't actually know that there was any other forms of birth control that you could use until my second time getting the Implanon because I had gotten it out originally because of, again, like, I I don't know if I call 
them health issues, but like the side effects, that's the word I'm looking for, were insane. Like I was so, I actually felt like I wasn't even in my own body half the time. And I was so just Mm -hmm. depressed and like moody and sad. So Mm -hmm. I asked to get it taken out the first time they did. And then the pill again, didn't work for me. I can't remember when I was on the second time, but it was awful. And that's the, that was where I experienced the, well, what the doctor would call vertigo. I I call it just a fucked side effect from birth control. And then I asked if there was anything else I could go on. And he said, no, you have to get the implant on again. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got the implant on again and I had it in, I think, for like six months. And I was like, nah, I hate this again. Like I want to get it out. That's when I think I was like 20 at that point. And I started doing my own research and I realized that there was like other forms of contraception. So it was like the depot shot. I think I saw mm-hmm. the patches as well. Did you know there's like a birth, uh, a contraceptive patch? I think I it's had more- no idea. Yeah, it's more common in the US, I think. And when I asked this doctor about it, he was instantly like, no, like they're not effective at all. But I've read good things about them. And obviously like they do have a failure rate as does everything. But, and then obviously, you know, like you've got your marina and stuff, which was just an instant no. But like you said, as soon as I went to my checkup, they were like, yeah, marina, marina, marina. Like they throw it in your face when you're postpartum. So yeah, I asked the second time around when I wanted to get my implant on out, if there was anything else that I could go on. And he said, no, you either have to keep this in or you just use condoms and hope for the best. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So I got it taken out and I told Michael, like, I'm not doing any more birth control. And that's mm-hmm. when we joined the team Pull and Pray. <laughs> Shit. And that's how Margot came about. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Margot. <laughs> yeah, literally. So, yeah, I've never really had a good experience on any kind of birth control. It's literally always just messed with me. It's made me feel like shit. The pill was probably the worst. Like I looked visibly ill. Like I looked like gray almost mm-hmm. and just really sick and just I was mm-hmm. not happy. And again, as soon as I stopped it, and might I add as well that when I went and wanted to get my second implant on taken out, the first doctor surgery that I called, the receptionist lady was like, oh, well, you'll have to book an appointment with the doctor and he'll decide if he wants to take it out. And I was like, excuse me? I was like, no, I want it taken How out. Dare and she was like, yeah, it's up to his discretion. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to call somewhere else. And I went to like a walk-in GP clinic where you like just wait for yeah. the next available doctor and he took it out that day and I literally said he's like oh you've only had it in for six months I was like yeah I don't want to do this anymore like this is bullshit and you won't give me anything else so well going back to the patch because I've just looked it up because I was curious yes let me just tell you the bloody side effects of this thing is insane an increased risk of blood clotting problems heart attack stroke liver cancer gallbladder disease and high blood pressure breakthrough bleeding or spotting skin irritation breast tenderness menstrual pain headache nausea, abdominal pain, mood swings, weight gain, dizziness, acne, diarrhea, muscle spasms, vaginal infections and discharge, fatigue and fluid retention. Everybody, do not get this. This is a piece (laughs) of shit. Yeah, and needs to go in the fucking bin. Are they not the same side effects as every kind of birth control though? Because I know that the but Yaz that you're on was is quite notorious. Blood clots. Blood clots, yeah. Which but mm-hmm. yeah, the patch, I mean, I knew nothing about it. It was just something that I'd read about. I think it was a um like American based group. So they were all for this patch thing. And yeah, he was like instantly like, nope. But I thought it was pretty cool at the time. I was like, yeah, I'll take a patch. <laughs> I mean, it is cool, but like, not about that one. I don't think. Yeah. I'm just not about any birth control, to be honest. No, me neither. Me neither. And every time I've told a doctor that so far, like since having Mallory, nope, I don't want any Mm -hmm. birth control. My partner's getting a vasectomy. They're like, what? 
How dare you? They're like, it's like their they're faces. So judgy. Like, mm-hmm. They're yeah. so judgy. Like I think it comes down to like when they're prescribing all this birth control, it comes down to their personal preference, I think. Absolutely. I don't think it actually comes in down to a medical Mm-hmm. Well, obviously it does a little bit, but like I think it's their personal preference. Like I had one doctor tell me the Mirena's good. I had someone tell me the copper one's good and then someone mm. else say go on the pill and then somebody else just say it was like condoms work really well. Yes, thank you. No, they fucking don't when they break. <laughs> no, they don't. And they also feel like shit, might I add. Yeah, I really don't like them and neither does Michael, but I mean. Look, you got to do what you got to do. That's exactly right. That yeah. is exactly right. But, yeah, I'd be very interested to know who else has had a bad experience with the morning after pill. Yeah. If you're happy to share, of course. And what's your experience been with birth control? I know so many women who, yeah, are just on the same boat as us. Like, they hate birth control. Okay, so following on from last week's episode, I went and spoke to a hairdresser today about my hair condition. (laughs) which is awful at the moment it is so fucking greasy and um she I I told her like I'm four months postpartum this is what's happening um and she recommended the DiLorenzo prescriptive solutions so that's what I've walked away with um so I've got the control shampoo and the control intense conditioner and um I was also just reading the back before and it says that it's lime sugar spritz fragrance, which I don't know, sounds like a good time. It actually sounds like it smells really good. I'm going to use it tonight and I just hope that it like helps. I know it probably won't cure it because like she said, it's like mostly hormones, but um, hopefully it just makes my hair look like um, I didn't run 10 kilometers three weeks ago and not wash my hair (laughs) since because it's disgusting I literally just have my hair up in a claw clip now because I can't I I I tried to curl it today my whole head just looked flat like like I had a fucking square for a head (laughs) and I I did see a couple messages recommending the k18 I haven't replied yet I do apologize Mm -hmm. but um I did see it in the salon when I was talking to her but I didn't want to be like, oh, someone recommended this to me. And like, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't want to like undermine her or be like, oh, well, I already know about this. So I, I just left it. But um, if anyone has any further advice on that, let me know. Let me know if anyone's actually tried this. I'll, I'm going to try it tonight anyway and I'll update. Yeah, this oil is out of control. It's actually a bit gross. Maybe I should go get the K18 and then we can compare and then like yeah. talk well, about it. What I saw from the K18 um, there, they had like a – all I saw was like um, – I think it said like prepare or something for colouring. So nothing that I saw was about like a treatment yeah, type thing. Yeah. Lots of Olaplex though. Hmm, okay. Lots of Olaplex was there. Oh, uh, that's like used to be my favourite thing in the world. I used to sleep in that oh. overnight, like the treatment oh, okay. stuff. And then I would wash it off in the morning and blow dry my hair and it used to feel amazing. But now since I've had mm. children, it doesn't matter. I used to way. have the bonding oil, that little like oil. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. So I used yep. that when... I was actually in the postpartum stage with Margot. A hairdresser recommended that to me as well um, for my four-month hair with Margot and I only used it like a couple of times and I lost it. I think Margot plays mm-hmm. with everything, but it was really good. I really did like it. Yeah, okay. Well, there's a lot of things out there. <laughs> Definitely need to find them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't want to offend the father figures or the fathers with this one but what are your thoughts on 
the mother's life is the only life that drastically changes once you have a baby. You know, I actually completely agree with that because let me tell you what I've done to have children. So (laughs) I was a strong advocate for my uni. I went through school. I did really well. And then I came out of it and I wanted to be a forensic scientist. And I was set on this, like completely 100% set on this. And I went to uni and I completed my degree and I was doing work with the AFP for a little bit. Oh, wow. And yes, yes, you didn't know this, but I was doing work. um, It was like through my studies. So it was kind of like a work experience type thing, Mm -hmm. learning on the job. And I had like to shadow somebody, which was, it was fantastic. I loved it. I love my dead people. All right. (laughs) That's how it is. That's who I am as a person. If you don't like it, that's fine. But that's who I am. Anyways, I went through uni and I studied so hard and I, I did really, really well. I got my bachelor in forensic science and then I started doing law. So I've been pretty set on what I want to be for a very long time. And then I found out that I either needed to try and have kids or I needed to think about IVF or that sort of stuff. Luke and I were pretty fresh in a relationship. We were about maybe six or seven months into our relationship when I got that news from the doctor. Anyways, long story short, um, we decided to have kids and we were trying and we ended up having them. I gave up my uni. I gave up my my work with the AFP. I, t- I like gave up opportunities to do it. I stopped studying. And basically, Luke's life stayed the exact same, mm. the exact same fucking same he still went and did what he wanted he could go out and drink I couldn't go out and drink I like I couldn't do all the fun things that I wanted to do and don't get me wrong I love being a mum. I love it but that's everything to me now I don't even want to do forensic science anymore because I have to travel like all over Australia just to do it I Mm -hmm. have decided that I want to eventually go into forensic law so I'm going to finish my law degree once we move to Queensland and get settled and all that sort of stuff and then try my best to get back into that type of field but I do agree when they say the mum's life changes because it does dramatically. Their body changes. Everything changes. Because now you're going to be living a variation of what you wanted and Luke continues on with his career and his Mm -hmm. friends. Yeah, I I do agree as well. And I think as what makes it harder for you and I and any other listeners who are in the same boat is having a defense partner already mm-hmm. makes it so much harder because you're already having to uproot everything X amount of years, um, every X amount of years, sorry, to, um, you know, travel to a new location and you have to start fresh there as well as being a mum, I think it just like it snowballs. And yeah, I mean, Michael, he's continued his career obviously and he does a great job. He continues his like across state trips to like go and see friends and whatnot and go camping or go for driving or go to an engagement party for like like yep. a weekend away in Melbourne, that kind of stuff. And I'm really trying to get to that point where I can do those things. Like I have a, a solo trip booked to Northern Territory in mid-September, which I'm so excited about. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to sit and be like, yeah, I was also doing a bachelor's degree. I definitely wasn't. But Life has definitely changed and it's not to say that Michael's hasn't either but he definitely still, I don't know, I don't know how to word it but I feel like anyone listening will be nodding their head being like, yeah, no, I get you. Mm -hmm. But I also find with defence, like I love him, I love him but 
I hate when people say to me, you signed up for this mm. because yes, yes, I understand. Yes, I did sign up for this and there's nothing against their job. If that's what they want to do, that's fine. But I don't think people understand how hard it actually is when they're being deployed constantly. Mm. Like you are with your children 24 seven and um, we don't have family like myself. We don't have family near us at all. Like Luke's parents are in Queensland and my parents are six hours away from where we are. So we don't actually have that support system. So I am by myself yeah. all the time. I can't go out with my friends because I've got no one to look after the kids. Like all that sort of stuff. Like I'm isolated to one section and it's like it's probably one of the hardest things ever. Like I tried to study my law whilst – having Amar and I I just didn't have time. I tried. Like I spaced it out and I'm really good at doing all that sort of time management type thing, but I was horrendous at it and I fell behind and it just so I deferred and now I've got two years left to my law degree and I don't know when I'm gonna pick it up. <laughs> but when you do you'll smash it. Like you'll do such a good yeah. job. And yeah, I, I think that um while there definitely are cases where the father has to sacrifice more I think that's Mm -hmm. a good keyword to use here sacrifice because that's what a lot of us do is we sacrifice a lot in order to Mm -hmm. be a mother be a parent yeah like you you and obviously that comes with having children but it doesn't mean that it's not upsetting or hard or difficult Mm -hmm. I really I think like the way that I relate to this the most is I just miss my life pre-children in general anyway yep and I don't think Mm -hmm. there's anything I was about to say that that. yeah I, I really do miss it like I miss the freedom and I miss the uninterrupted sleeping and I miss mm-hmm. like, you know, booking a solo trip somewhere and not feeling bad or being like, oh my God, is Michael going to be okay with the children at home? Mm-hmm. Do I need to organize? Oh yeah, I do. I need to organize this. I need to organize daycare, yeah. like that kind of stuff. And I'm like terrible with that sort of shit. I forget mm-hmm. everything. I would literally forget my own head if it wasn't screwed onto my shoulders. But, but um, do you find when um, you go away by yourself, you get like really bad anxiety being away from the children? But I haven't. I've never done it before. So the yeah, only okay. time yep. that I've been away from Margot was when I gave birth to Mallory. And, okay. Um, we spent one night apart from both of them the night we got engaged and mm-hmm. we just both felt so strange. So as much as I'm looking forward to going away for a weekend and just getting absolutely litty because that's all I'm going to be doing. Mm -hmm. I'm already like experiencing that mum guilt. Like, no, you cancel it, don't go. That plays in my mind literally like 47 times a day because I don't think I deserve it, but I know that I do. Yeah, no, I get that completely. I have um, Luke's sister, sister-in-law, my sister-in-law's hens in about a week and a half and I'll be gone from Thursday till Sunday and that's probably the, that's the longest I've been away yeah. from the girls since having both of them. It's also the longest that Luke's going to have with the girls by himself. Oh. So we're both like on really high stress levels at the moment it and I'm freaking out race. for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and I know he is 100% freaking out for for it like I I know he is and I know what he's like he's a fantastic dad but he's going to freak over every tiny little thing and I just feel horrible for him but I'm not even going to be there to help because yeah I'm going to be in Queensland for four days like well, it's just I feel really bad even just ducking off to the shop by myself yes like I always offer to take one of the girls because yeah. I feel bad leaving him here with both of them and Michael when I leave Michael will just be getting back so he's going to Cairns for um a good friend's birthday so he'll be gone for that weekend and then I'm going to Northern Territory so I'll be at home with the children by myself, which is nothing unusual, but mm-hmm. he will ne- he's never been at home with the girls for more than like a couple hours by himself. So Yeah, I that was like today I went to the gym 
And um, usually I take Elena with me and she sits in the pram and stuff, but I've been leaving her at home the last couple of nights, oh, not nights, the last couple of days because Luke's on night shift. So Mm -hmm. she goes to bed at like 9.30 and that's when my gym class is. Anyway, she's been waking up and this morning I actually apologized to Luke for not taking her with me. And then I realized what I said and I was like, no, wait, hold up. (laughs) I need time to myself as well. Like it's just, and he said to me, don't apologize. Like it's completely fine. But I felt the need to apologize because I feel bad that he got woken up when he has to go to work and I'm at home with the kids. Like it's just. I think it's because we know how we feel having to be stuck at home with. I don't know. Like I use stuck very lightly. Like obviously I love my girls and I, I feel like I shouldn't have to say that, you know, disclaimer, I love my children because I do. I think it's because we know how it feels to be at home, be overwhelmed, and you don't want to put anyone else in that position, even the father of said children, Mm -hmm. because you know how stressful it is. And, yeah, I'm exactly the same. I constantly apologise. I'm like, no, I'll take one of them. Oh, I can do this. And it's not to say that Michael – I'm not saying Michael doesn't feel bad when he leaves me with the children, but, like, he leaves me seven days a week with the children. Yeah. (laughs) He just walks (laughs) They got to go to work. Yeah. Get that money. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So I think we have to remember that you are entitled to that alone time and um, Mm – I think that's a big part of like finding yourself after motherhood yeah. and um, getting back to that kind of self-care as well. Like it all ties in together and it's yep. the classic like the dad is the babysitter almost. Like we need to get out of that. Yes, I'm so sick of people saying the dad is the babysitter. Yeah. He's the dad. I, like Luke hates it. He gets so angry when somebody says to him, oh, are you babysitting the girls? And he's like, no, they're my children. He, I'm the you, parent. I'm parenting you, my children. Yeah, or are you watching the kids? Like what do yeah, you Yeah, like. Shut up. <laughs> but I feel like I treat Michael like a babysitter when I'm leaving because I would say the exact same things to a babysitter. I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like if they act like this or this or this, like yeah. are you sure you don't, I'll check in? Like that's exactly what I do to Michael. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just one of those things that's just like our, like the mum guilt setting yeah. in. I'm the same when I drop Amara at a daycare. I oh, feel yeah. horrible. And like she's been going since she was eight months old because I went back to work mm-hmm. full time. And I still got the mum girl. I remember crying at work so many times when she got sick. There was a de- there was like a whole week where she got sick and it was when I was first pregnant with Elena and she had gastro and she ended up in hospital for eight days. And it was on and off. Like I had no sleep. I still had to go to work because I had no sick leave, anything like that, because I used it all on Amara and then I'd get the mum guilt and then I'd cry at work to my boss. My poor boss would have to deal with that. She's actually coming to my house tomorrow. So I'm going to tell her that I've (laughs) said this in the podcast, but like, I just get like, it's just so emotional. Like I hate mum guilt. Mum guilt is like probably one of the worst things. I, I just, I don't know hurts my heart literally and it happens with literally everything I don't know if anyone mm-hmm. else is the same but like I'll say to Margot it's time for your daily nap that you have every single day and as I'm carrying her to her bedroom I'm like oh I feel really bad like yeah you might not want a nap and I'm closing the door on her and she probably thinks she's never gonna see me again like I feel awful about literally every single thing that yeah. I do I feel like there's nothing that I can do in parenthood where I don't get that guilt trip feeling and my brain tells mm-hmm. me like you're a piece of shit <laughs> yeah, like even when Amara's done something wrong and I speak really sternly to her, mm. I go off and I either cry or I get really emotional about it because I'm like, she doesn't understand she's a toddler and I need to remember that she is a toddler. So when I'm speaking to her, I need to make sure that I'm speaking to her in a tone of voice that I would like somebody to speak to me in yeah. like very respectfully. But there's times and I know there's other people out there that 
I've yelled at her because she's just pushed me to my absolute limits. But then I go and cry like 10 minutes later because I feel really bad and I go hug her and stuff. Like it's just, it's so hard. Like everything is hard. <laughs> it is. I think, yeah, there's no, like you said earlier, um, there's no win-win. Like it's all, you're always going to feel like shit about saying and you're always mm-hmm. going to feel guilty about saying. And I really don't have any advice on how to fix that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, just I know nothing. that we are all in the same boat. And um, I think it's really good to talk about that kind of stuff because then you don't feel bad. Like I get asked all the time, oh, how do you remain so calm with the girls? Because the, you know, 30 seconds that I upload on Instagram, they're all screaming and I'm just staring at the camera. It's like (laughs) absolutely snap. Like I snap more than I would like to, but I think it's important for me to, it's the afterwards that matters the most to me as well. Because obviously sometimes you're at your breaking point and you do snap, but I feel like how you handle the situation after is really important and it sets an example for them as well. Because I'll always like, cool down and I'll go and I'll get down to Margot's eye level and I'll apologize and I'll explain why I snapped. And, you know, she probably has zero idea what I'm talking about, but I give her a big cuddle and then we move on and it, you know, I still cry about it later that night in the shower, but it's like you're setting that example as well for how like they can handle a situation. And I think coming back to like when we're at those breaking points, I think, um, what I do is I actually take a moment. Like if she's screaming on the floor, I make sure she's okay and I need to walk away for five Mm -hmm. minutes. And I think that's a big part of being able to like calm down, get your thoughts back and then going back and then talking to her. Like it's just because Amara has some really big meltdowns. Amara's quite smart for her age, but her emotional abilities don't, don't catch up with her at all so she has very very big moments where she's losing it and nothing calms her down so sometimes when she's been doing that all day I do need to walk away and just give myself a minute as long as she's safe Mm -hmm. everything's fine you're allowed to leave your children and let them cry for like a few seconds do you know Chloe how long my fanny hairs have to be to get away (laughs) <laughs> I don't know and I think I grew them out way too long like because I just shaved them a couple of days ago because I was like I think this is a bit out of hand <laughs> well if you shave them then clearly they weren't that long if you didn't need to cut them then you're all good no I didn't need to cut them it wasn't like it wasn't like temple run style vine vine stuff but it was like Have you ever had a Brazilian wax? Yes, I have. No, 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 I haven't. I lied. I lied. No, I've had. So I used to shave and then I used to get lasered everywhere. Okay. So like that type of Brazilian, not not a Brazilian But is it true that laser after having kids, it just reverts anyway? That's what I've heard. I think so, yes. Yeah. I haven't had it since having both the girls. I used to get it religiously because of soccer. So I needed to like tape things and then like where my shorts rubbed. It wasn't nice on the bikini line. So I used to just get lasered and it was the best thing I've ever done. Because I've heard that the positions that you have to make when getting a Brazilian, are they the same with laser, like legs in the air? Yeah, oh, legs oh. in the air, everything. Yeah, <laughs> brown eye yep. for the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you can bleach them? I want to. Um, okay. I-, I didn't know it was a thing until the other day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if anyone else can relate. Chloe and I are chronic oversharers, so here goes nothing. But yeah. I have like major <laughs> butt crack chafe, like from my <laughs> g string. 
I didn't used to. Between having Margot and Mallory, I think I wore a G string like once. So it's lightened a lot. Michael says anyway, I can't really see. But um, I'm really insecure about it <laughs> because. Wait, are you. Do G strings help? No, no, no. So the G strings oh, would like confused. rub in between my crack and chafe. <laughs> like I would get, like, you know, when chafe heals and it goes yep. like brown? Or like just not, can't say that like, never happened to me, but discolored. No, like discolored. Okay, that's a better word. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for some people, it can I believe it can go like a really, really dark color, um, and mm-hmm. I, I've just got like, yeah, like my crack and my butthole match colors, and I don't like it. But between Marco and Mallory, I think I wore a G string like once. So I used to wear granny panties a lot. And I think that's what's helped lighten it. But now I'm, you know, like, I'm trying to feel good about myself. So I'm trying to put the, the Grundies away every once in a while. And um, <laughs> now I'm wearing G strings again. But I don't want, I don't want, I, I think I want to bleach my butthole and my butt crack. Is that a thing? I don't know about the butt crack. Well, I tried to Google it and <laughs> <laughs> what came up? I don't even want to know what came up. It, it, um, home bleaching kits for your booty hole came up, but I don't know if you can. What if you get a chemical burn? That's exactly right. That's what I'm like. What if I just have somebody else do it for you I... then sue them? Yeah, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think that doing it around the, the the butthole is like fine, but is the butthole just not normal skin? So I could do it on my butt crack skin anyway. Could no, I like it's definitely normal skin? Spread the treatment all the way up. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> I really I don't want know, to. Kaylin. I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up for you. <laughs> Can you bleach your butt, butt crack? crack? See how to bleach your anus yeah anal bleaching guide 101 that's what here comes we go. up no but that's here your, we go that's your anus not your crack just to be sure to buy only top-notch products of course it doesn't <laughs> say anything oh hold up there's an faq maybe it'll be in there oh surely someone else has asked this before come on like, frequently asked come on maybe we should put it in our stories like right this instant uh, but, yeah but not on my behalf <laughs> you're not gonna hear it anyway (laughs) abstain from sex avoid it okay avoid hair removal okay Okay. avoid sweaty activities skip the thong oh um what to expect during your appointment it just says like this is how to prepare for your appointment it says wearing tight underwear such as a thong can increase friction too cutting down on friction can help you reduce the likelihood of sensitivity so you really don't have to not wear them oh so that's just the sensitivity after bleaching though i'm assuming that's not yeah yeah okay so let's finish off this episode with a beautiful message that we received from one of our listeners and it made me smile so i'm going to read it out kaylin you haven't heard this yet no. But it says, hey, gorgeous girls, I just wanted to send a little message to say thank you. Thank you for your podcasts and TikToks. I just finished listening to your all things controversial. And as a first time mom, I think it was amazing. You all make me laugh so much. I have a nine week old baby girl. She's everything to me. I struggle most days, but you guys reminded me that it's not always sunshine and rainbows and I'm not alone and I really needed to hear it I love how real you are just say it how it is I'm the same but it's an amazing job that has so many 
different benefits. I wouldn't change it for the world. You girls are like friends I never had. Just want you to know I appreciate you guys so much. I can't wait to watch you guys continue this amazing journey. Aww. Such a beautiful message. I love things like that. Oh. It makes the um the staying up till 2 a.m. editing with Chloe for this. <laughs> 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 I don't know why you underpaid. <laughs> I should have. Oh, it wasn't even on my mind. <laughs> But, um, no, that's okay. I, I did fall asleep. It was warranted. And that wasn't me um, paying her out. It was very warranted because Chloe also does oh, um, all of her photography and stuff. And that was at a point yes. where Luke was away on deployment too. So I had your back. That's yeah. why I just listened to your cute little snores. I was like, yeah, she can rest. <laughs> <laughs> As you were playing the episode back to me. <laughs> yeah, I woke her up and I was like, do you just want to have a listen to make sure it's all good? She was like, yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck, I didn't know my voice was that boring. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, we want to set you guys a task to send in to us three things that you love about yourself that has nothing to do with being a mum. We just think it'll be something good to get off your chest and it's also a way of getting you guys involved in our podcast because we love hearing it. And we are more than motherhood. So what are three things that you love about yourself? I think we'll have to set ourselves a challenge of putting on the more than motherhood story. Um, three things that we love about ourselves, which I just started yeah. sweating because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the sweat. Probably my big face. But yes, I think that's something we should all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think that's something all of us should do as a task. Absolutely. because. I think it's just great for the mental health. And I think we can use that for our next episode as well, like to, um, yeah, yeah, gather some information, crunch the numbers, and we'll get back to you. We want to thank you for your support in listening to our podcast. We really appreciate all the feedback, all the follows, all the rates we're getting. And we do ask that if you did love our podcast, please follow along by pressing the follow button and giving us a rate. It really helps us out in getting our podcast out there. 